0: Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Um, Let me ask you to turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to get back into our sermon series through the letter to the Hebrews uh, this morning. As you are turning to Hebrews chapter 11, which I believe is on page 1283, if you're going to use one of the Bibles that we provide. Um, If you, by chance, didn't read the email or if you don't get our email, I do want to um, let you know and celebrate with you that we got the final total for uh, the 2017 Christmas offering. And um, it was ridiculously amazing. Um, $92,000 basically is where we were at. Yeah. Um, so you know God just provided in such an amazing way. It was just under $92,000. I round up sometimes, but it's, you know, Anyway, it's it's amazing and it really, it just puts us in such great position to get really excited about moving forward with uh, these exciting things that we've been talking about. So um, thank you for your generosity and for stepping out in faith and giving like that. And uh, I would ask you to be praying uh, about uh, how we move forward with, with uh, these things now and that God would move in a mighty, mighty way in us and through us for his glory and for our joy. So let's. Get into Hebrews again, Hebrews chapter 11. I'm going to read verses 1 through 7 this morning. This is God's holy, true, and life-giving word. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, We are thankful for a new year, we are thankful to be gathered here together in your presence and we ask now that you would work in our hearts, that you would help us to come to know you more and experience your grace in new and powerful ways. We pray that as we begin a special part of the book of Hebrews, that you would uh, speak to our hearts and give us great joy and excitement in the gospel and in what it means for us to be in Christ and as you show us more and more of what it means to live by faith. And we are excited, Lord, for you to continue to do your work in us. So we pray that that will happen even now. We are thankful your word never goes out and returns to you empty, but always accomplishes the purpose for which you sent it. And so we rejoice knowing that that will happen now, even now. And we give this time to you and ask that you would use it also to help us get more excited and be more equipped to continue to bring the gospel to our neighbors and to the nations. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well Hebrews 11 is a very uh special and uh, a pretty well-known chapter of the Bible. Many of you it might be one of your favorite chapters. And it is uh, a very special and very important part of the book of Hebrews. And we're going to be over the next few weeks as we are in chapter 11, we're going to be answering the question, what does it mean to live by faith? What does it really mean To live by faith. And the reason that we want to approach it that way is because if you look at chapter 10, if you look at everything leading up to chapter 11, the author has continually been showing us that it's very important that we understand that people who have been saved by grace through faith are called to live by faith. And so it's a very important thing for us to understand what it means to live by faith. And that is what the author is teaching us throughout the entirety of chapter 11 and really uh, through the rest of the book of Hebrews as well. So, what does it mean to live by faith? And over the next uh, few weeks, we'll be looking at several different things that he shows us in this chapter. And I'm excited to begin this year thinking about what it means to live by faith. And this week, we're going to talk about three things that help us understand what it means to live by faith that we see in this passage. And we're going to talk about expecting something and embracing something and enjoying something. So uh, if you are making an outline, uh, you can put those three things. We're going to talk about uh, how living by faith involves expecting what God has promised Expecting that he will one day fulfill all his promises. Uh, it also involves embracing God's reality. So embracing a reality that God has explained and revealed to us. Uh, and third involves enjoying God's pleasure. And we'll see just how we please God uh, in this passage. So uh, let's jump in. Look at verse 1 and let's start... Understanding how living by faith involves expecting what God has promised. Okay, look at verse one. He says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Now I want to, I want to zero in on that first half of verse one for a few moments. He says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And uh, we should know that when he's talking about things hoped for, he's talking about God fulfilling what he's promised to his people. Hope is always connected to what God has promised in the scriptures. So he's saying faith is the assurance that God will fulfill all his promises. Or another way to say that would be faith, living by faith involves expecting that one day God will indeed give us everything that he has said he will give us. He'll fulfill all his promises. And if we just take a a moment, And think about all that He's promised in the scriptures. I mean, it's, we could talk all day about that, but you know, some of the things we've even seen in the book of Hebrews is that we, because of Jesus, what He's done, we are promised that when we die, we get to enter into His presence without fear and live in His presence forevermore in the fullness of joy. He's promised us that we'll, we're forgiven of all of our sins through faith. He's promised us that we have been declared righteous. And that when we see Him, He'll wipe away all our tears. He's going to make all things new. He's going to fulfill all of our longings, relieve all of our fears, take away all of our pain, fill us with unimaginable joy forever. I mean, these, the promises of God are absolutely mind bogglingly amazing. And faith is you and I choosing to trust that God will actually deliver in his timing. It is the assurance of things hoped for. Now, what's interesting, I love... Remember, we talked a little bit about how the author of Hebrews is just a brilliant, exquisite writer. And so he uses a lot of words that have uh, kind of multiple meanings that all still mean the same thing. And this word that we translate as assurance has a few different meanings. I want to talk about those real quick because you could also translate verse 1 or the first part of it as saying, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The substance. It's like faith is what, faith is how we sort of reach into the future and grab a hold of what God has promised and hang on to it even now. Uh, Maybe think about it like this. We have... High school seniors who either already have received a letter from a college saying that they've been accepted to that college or they will, uh, Lord willing, receive one soon. And if you've received a, a letter from a college saying you've been accepted, you're not in college yet. But you have something, right, that you hang on to, that you know this means I'm going to college. That's what faith is. Faith is our assurance. It's the substance. It's what we are clinging to. Believing that everything God has promised will be delivered in God's timing. Here's another way to translate that word. You can also translate verse 1, and some uh, translations say this. Now, faith is the foundation of things hoped for. And I love that because if you think about a foundation, when you're driving down the street and you see that a building company has laid a foundation, what do you know? There's going to be a house there or there's going to be a building there. There's something that's going to be there eventually. You lay a foundation in order to build on it. And so faith is like God laying this foundation in our heart. And we have the foundation and everything else he's promised will come in time. Brick by brick, board by board. So faith is a, a foundation. And when you think about it this way, it's the substance of things hoped for. It's the foundation of things hoped for. That's why we also translate it as uh, it's the assurance of things hoped for, that, that we hope for. It is you and I choosing to expect that God will fulfill all his promises to us. And this is really important because the, the, the way we see the future and what we expect To have in the future uh, impacts the way we live right now. It impacts the way we think about what we're going through. One author illustrates that this way. He says, if you imagine two people. And they're both hired for the prestigious job of uh, cleaning up sewage. And um, one of them is told that after one year of cleaning sewage, that this person will be paid a lump sum of 30 thousand dollars okay and the other person is told that after one year of cleaning sewage they will be paid a lump sum of 30 million dollars now just think about that for a second the first person every day if he's me is thinking not worth it not worth it he's thinking i don't want to do this anymore He's really wondering if it's really worth it and if he can handle it. But person two, no matter how messy or horrible it becomes, he's thinking, $30 million, right? He's just shoveling away. He's all right. It's all good, right? Because it's totally worth going through that for $30 million. See, what we have... In the promises of God, is that God is giving us something worth way more than 30 million or 30 billion or anything even imaginable. God is giving us Himself. And He's going to fulfill all of our promises. And as we believe that and as we expect that one day when Christ returns, all of these promises will be fulfilled to us, as we expect that it empowers us to face the struggles and the difficulties that we go through on the way. Because we believe deeply that going through anything is worth it for what God has promised. And Jesus is the proof because Jesus is willing to go through the greatest of suffering in order to secure on the cross by paying for our sins, that we could have this great eternity with God. So he paid for our sins, and now we can be sure through our faith that he will deliver on all these promises as well. So to live by faith is to live with this expectation that totally impacts how we see what we're going through. It's to want What God has promised. It's the assurance of things hoped for. That's one. Uh, Number two. It's embracing God's reality. Living by faith involves embracing God's reality. Or understanding reality according to God. I guess we could say. Um, Look at verse, the rest of verse 1. And we'll also touch on verse 3 and verse 7. But um, one of the things that we have to understand is that. God has revealed in his word that we are limited. Okay, Being human and being sinful human beings, we are limited. And part of faith is embracing our limitations and and knowing that we can't know everything, we can't see everything. If we're really going to know things or see things, they're going to have to be revealed to us. We, of our own accord, can't really know or see what is truly good or truly beautiful or truly going to lead to our flourishing We need that to be revealed to us. And this is part of what living by faith means. It means trusting that God has revealed what's true in his word so that we can live in reality, real reality, his reality. And look at the second half of verse 1 now to see what we're talking about. So he says, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Now, that word also you could translate a few ways. You could say it's the proof of things not seen. You could say it's the evidence that there are lots of things that are true that I can't see. And I'm dependent on God to reveal those things to me. And the way that he does that is through his word. We can know things. We can see things that we can't see when we listen to God. As a good friend of mine likes to say, Christians see with their ears. Because as we hear from God, as we hear in his word what he has said is true, it, it allows us to understand true reality, God's reality, what things are really like. And he gives an example in verse 3 of uh, something that we would be familiar with, right? Verse 3, he says, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So what is he saying? He's saying this is what living by faith is. None of us were there at creation. We didn't see God create. But we live in a reality in which we know he's our creator because he has revealed it to us in his word in Genesis 1 and 2 and throughout all the scriptures. Okay. Living by faith is recognizing that if we want to live in real reality, we have to live in God's reality, and we know what that is by his word. And so he gives another example of this in Noah. So look at verse 7. Verse 7, he says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, Uh, In reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. And so, in other words, what what we're seeing is here's what happened. Um, I mean, we all know the story. God said to Noah, there's going to be a floody, floody. Yeah, that's right. You went to VBS. Now, imagine that for a moment, because immediately in that moment, Noah has two choices. He lives in a dry, arid climate. He's never seen a flood in his life. Everything in him, as far as his senses are concerned, and his natural view of the world, is probably saying, I don't think so. So he can, he can go according to Noah's reality, the way he feels and what he thinks, or he lives according to God's reality. He embraces, God is saying, Noah, you can't see it, but it's coming, and I love you, so I'm going to tell you about it, and I'm going to give you some instructions. And that's what Noah ends up doing. His faith leads him to go ahead and build the ark. He trusts that God knows more than he knows. God sees more than he sees. That's... Living by faith. And then, you know, it surely wasn't easy. I mean, to seriously, to build a boat that big was definitely an incredible, arduous task. And then if you think about the ridicule, if you look in Genesis, uh, he was, it it at least took him a hundred years. Depending on how you look at it, it might have taken him a hundred and twenty years. Can you imagine day after day after day of building this boat and all the, the ridicule that came? People yelling at him thinking he's a complete idiot. Why are you doing this? We live in the desert. And that was not easy. But what Noah was doing the whole time is living in the reality that God had revealed to him. He trusted that God's word to him was true. And therefore, he wanted to live not according to what the world's reality, which is broken and flawed, but according to God's reality and as Christians that's what we're called to and especially you know again a lot of the book of Hebrews is to help you and I when we go through very difficult things to continue to trust God through those things believing that God knows more of what's really happening God sees all of it and he's got a purpose for any hard thing we might go through You know, as a pastor, a lot of times people will come and talk to me and they really struggle with the fact that if God is our father and he really loves us, how and why would he subject us to painful things? Why would he call us to go through really difficult things? And one of the things that has helped me understand this is when I, as a father, have subjected my children to painful things for their good. And at the time, in their reality, they were wondering what is going on. I remember when um, I had the enjoyable experience of taking our firstborn to get his first shot. Okay, And I remember that the nurse kindly told me what was going to happen. She said, Okay, Dad, uh, I'm going to ask you to hold his legs and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to stick him in the leg and then he's going to hold his breath and then he's going to let out the loudest scream you've ever heard. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And then she did it and she stuck him. And sure enough, he goes, "Ah!" and I was like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. And she's like, I told you about this, dad. And then it came out, this unbelievable blood-curdling scream. I don't know if I can really hear everything anymore because of it. It was just, you know, one of those wah. And she was right. And, and, and now I'm, and I was thinking about this in his mind, in Noah's reality, my Noah, uh, my son Noah, it's a little confusing, but in, in my Noah's mind and really in, the other Noah's mind he they're both going through something incredibly difficult and they're thinking this is craziness but in my case with my son I know the whole picture I can see more than he can see I know that this unbelievably painful experience is somehow protecting him and preparing him for better things And Noah, the the other Noah in the Bible, surely wondered what in the world he was really doing this for. And then it started raining one day. And it was at that point when Noah of the Bible saw with his eyes what he had been seeing with his ears for a long time. And what a sweet, sweet gift to be able to trust God through the most difficult of things, knowing that somehow He can see more and He knows there's some sort of good purpose for this. Because as Paul says, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And so, you know, I think about some of the members in our church who are struggling with cancer right now. It's painful and the chemo is ridiculously painful and 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 you you know you you might be thinking why would god but he can see more he knows the whole picture and that is a powerful thing that helps us get through these things and the proof the proof here's the best part the proof of this is that jesus went to the cross because on the cross we see the greatest of suffering, producing the greatest good. And so we know we worship a God who can bring the greatest good out of the greatest suffering. And that impacts how we see things even now. And so living by faith is not only expecting that one day God's going to make all things new and right, but now it's embracing God's reality. It's living according to what God has revealed as true and one of the things God has revealed as, as true is that He's got a purpose for these things that we don't always understand because He sees the whole picture. Third. Third. We, uh, we want to understand more and more that, uh, living by faith is not only expecting God to fulfill His promises and embracing God's reality as outlined in His Word, But it's also enjoying God's pleasure. The Bible is not shy at all about the high expectations of obedience. God wants us to obey him. Not so that we can earn our status with him. That's given to us for free, by grace, through faith. But he still calls us to obey him. And that obedience is meant to spring forward from our faith. And here's what can be really debilitating in your walk with God. It's if you think that God is pleased when I succeed. And that he's not pleased when I don't. Then you're going to be totally debilitated because we never actually succeed. We know we never actually do anything perfectly. But there's good news. Look at verse 2. He says, for by it, he's talking about faith from verse 1. So for, for by faith, the people of old, so all these people in the Old Testament that he's going to be talking about. By faith, they received their commendation. In other words, what he's getting at is all these people that he's going to mention in the book of Hebrews are not being praised as examples of people who got it right. They're examples of people who lived by faith. And it was the faith that they had that caused the things that they did to spring forward, sometimes succeeding and sometimes failing. But what's pleasing to God is the faith. Uh, Look at Abel, verse 4. By faith... Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. So if you look back in Genesis four, you see two brothers, one's a shepherd, one's a farmer. The shepherd brings the best of his flock. The farmer brings the best of his crops and God accepts The sacrifice of one and rejects the sacrifice of the other. Now everything in us is trying to figure out what is it about the Abel's sacrifice that was right? It was better. It was somehow. But the author of Hebrews says, it wasn't that Abel's sacrifice was somehow better. It was that he did it with faith. God accepted Abel's sacrifice because it sprang forward from faith. Cain's did not. God's pleasure is attached to our faith. Not our succeeding in obedience. Look at Enoch, verse 5. I think we should name a few more Christian kids Enoch, by the way. That's a good one. Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death and he was found he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Now, you go back to Genesis 5 and uh, you see what it says about Enoch. And it really doesn't say much. It just says Enoch walked with God twice. And so we might be tempted to think that the reason God blessed Enoch with this incredible grace of having being able to skip death and just go right into his presence is because Enoch did it right. He got everything right. But the author doesn't allow us to go there because he says it is by faith. It was by faith. It was a reward for his faith. Not what sprang from it. Which is why in verse 6 he says something that's just huge. Verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him, that earnestly pursue him by faith. Okay? And what that helps us understand is that it is our faith and it's our exercising of our faith that makes God happy, that gives him great pleasure. Why? Because, see, when we do something in faith, that very thing we're doing not to earn a righteous standing with God, but simply out of obedience and out of trust. And when we do it by faith, it means that we're not relying on it, we're relying On him, we're relying on his mercy. We're relying on the fact that he sent his son to die on the cross to pay for our sins. And we're relying on the fact that Christ did everything perfectly and purely. And that's what God accepts. And every time we act in faith. We're relying on what Christ has done. For our standing with God. And we're exhibiting this trust we have in this God who has redeemed us. And you and I are different, by the way. Um, When you and I ask somebody to do something, and they do it wrong, we are not pleased. Okay, like we say the thought—it's the thought that counts. But we know if somebody—if we say please do this, and they do it wrong, we are usually disappointed and displeased. And if we import that concept into our understanding of God, it's destroying because God's pleasure rests on the faith from which our efforts to obey spring. The faith. And every time we step out in faith, every time we try to do more for God in faith, it's so pleasing to God because we're relying on his son and he knows that it's out of just love and trust. And it's pleasing, pleasing to him. Brian Chappell is a pastor and author. And he talks, tells a story about uh, this boy who wanted to give a bouquet of flowers to his father, the king. And so he went down and he picked a bunch of flowers or so he thought. And he had them in a bundle and he was on his way um, to his father. Now, his older brother had seen up in a window that what he was doing. And so he had come down, the older brother, and he picked all flowers. And as the boy was on his way to his father, the older brother says, hey, what do you got there? And the boy says, I have flowers for our father. And the older brother takes it from him. And pulls out all the weeds and takes from his pocket the flowers and puts in all flowers. And keeps the weeds for himself and hands the perfect bouquet to the boy. Who then carries it on to his father. And so he tells that story to help us understand. That as we seek to obey him out of trust and for his glory. It's what Jesus has done, our big brother, who's put his perfect righteousness in our bouquet, so to speak. And God accepts what Christ has done. And he's perfectly pleased with what Christ has done on our behalf. And therefore, as we even step forward, even if it's filled with weeds, even if we fall on our face, even if we try 50 times and we don't get it right. He's so pleased with the faith from which our efforts are springing. And he holds those bouquets made perfect by Christ. And they are just pleasing, pleasing to him. And when we really believe that super freeing, but it's also so motivating because we want more and more to live by faith. We want to trust him more. We want to see if we can do more. We want to try harder because we just in the trying, there's so much pleasure for God, our Redeemer. So faith is expecting God to fulfill his promises. It's embracing the reality that he has revealed in his word. And it's also enjoying the fact that our Efforts to obey that spring from faith. It's that it's the faith itself that is pleasing to God. Now, don't you just want a ton more faith? Let's pray. Father, uh, it is so easy to think that you look at us and think at us and think about us like we look at each other and think about each other. And we ask now, Holy Spirit, would you help us to really know you and, and and what is really pleasing to you? Would you help us to feel your pleasure uh, that you have for our faith? And would you help us long for more faith? And would you help us live by faith? And would you help us crave more faith for your glory and for our joy? In Jesus' name, amen.